Welcome to the Lifelinks Podcast, all you sassy Latinas. This is where you come to hear stories that resonate with you, help you discover your true cultural identity, tossing off the need to fit in, and standing out with your authenticity, because that is your superpower. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also the creator of this content. If there's anything you'd like to share, please reach out to us on our Instagram social media at lifelinks, that's L-N-X-X, or through our website at thelinks.com. Of course, come here for some love and chat sessions with our fab guests from the comunidad. Sit back, have your cafecito, maybe some vino, whatever you like, we are bringing the sisterhood to you. Hola, chicos. Welcome to this very special episode of the Lifelinks podcast. Always so grateful that you come to join us and listen in and feel connection to the Latinas that come sharing their most inner selves and their vulnerable stories, allowing themselves the freedom to walk in their truth. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this month, we have filled this month with inspirational Latinas who discovered their own joy by bringing joy to others through their businesses. But it isn't their first path. With each of them, you hear a common sentiment. Although they each had reached a very high level of success in the traditional way of the society, they knew something was missing. Themselves. They had gotten to a point in their life where something just wasn't right. And for so many reasons, many of them cultural, they were on a path that had little to do with their true person and more with others' expectations. Now, does that sound familiar? Is that hitting a chord? Well, that's where we pick up today with Karina Ponce, founder of Yo Soy Karina, providing services for intentional healing to help you connect to your own tuition so you can begin to guide yourself forward in what is true to you. Karina is a Mexican-American healer that partners with others as they embark on their healing journeys. One of her favorite and most requested journey is that of ancestral healing, where she helps you connect to your ancestors whose wounds are showing up in your life. When she's not partnering with others, Karina is a single mom of one first-gen oldest daughter who is still working on code-breaking generational cycles and intentionality and planting new seeds for future generations. Now as you listen to Karina, you may find yourself relaxing into her words, calmly breathing with self-love and a sense that you are perfect as you are, and that void you may be feeling begins to close. So get yourself into a very cozy position, away from distractions, clear some space, because this episode is really going to move you. Welcome to the Lifelinks podcast, Karina. I'm so grateful that you shared your time with us here today, and we really look forward to hearing more about your journey and what you're experiencing right now. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I am so honored that you invited me into your sacred space, really, because this is what it feels like. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, definitely an honor and definitely something I am personally intrigued by. And I don't know how many people are really exposed to someone having a one-in-one -in -one conversation like this. So mm. can you describe the premise of what you do as a healer? Yes, of course. So my approach to healing is on an energetic level. So healing in and of itself can come in any form, in any format, through any culture, because we as human beings are meant to grow and evolve. And in order to do that, we go through experiences that have a tendency to kind of bend us and shape us and some of us call it trauma 
some of us call it just growing pains. It's different for all of us. But whenever there is a rip, there also has to be a mend to that rip. And that repair comes in many forms. My particular way of approaching those mends are through energy and through this intrinsic understanding of how energy moves and flows within us and around us. And so with this approach, I really feel like I come to you at the space where you are at. I meet you where you are. And then I help you really, because it is you that is doing the work. I'm just here as a guide. I help you move through those moments of pain. I help you move and really release the energy that is attached to those wounds, to those moments where you are being asked to grow and expand in an energetic way, which is very different than maybe going to a therapist or going to a doctor, going to other through other sources. Because in this way, there's no expectation. There's no requirement to be met. It's not, it's not like when you're going in for surgery and you have to prep the night before by fasting. There's no preparation required. You just come as you are. You release what you're ready to release. We welcome in healing in that moment for whatever it is that your spirit is ready. And then we move on from there. So there's no preparation, even spiritually, for the person to like open themselves up or to clear their mind. They just come yeah. in the moment that they're in so that you can go from there? We meet wherever they are because mm -hmm. that's how you show up in the world, mm -hmm. just as you are. With every experience, with every nook and cranny that you've managed to build into yourself, that's how you show up. So that's how you mm -hmm. show up in these sessions. You come and I meet you where you are. Now, in my approach, I deal with the energy, but I meet with your spirit. Because it is my belief that you are the only one that knows what is best for you. Mm. Like you know how to heal yourself. That's why I say that I just guide you through these healing sessions because really you're doing the work. Mm -hmm. Your spirit is the one that dictates how much flows out, how much comes in, what needs to come out. Does anything need to come out? That is all knowledge that is within you. And I'm only serving as the guide because I'm helping you tap into that space. And mm -hmm. then really your inherent wisdom, the wisdom that we all have within us is what guides what comes next. Because in reality, we all have this ability to heal ourselves. Beautiful. Beautiful and powerful. Share with us. What's your heritage and uh, what's your story of being the first gen here? Mm. I consider myself Mexican-American. I was born in Mexico and my parents immigrated. We all immigrated when I was about nine years old. And when we did, I didn't really have a lot of uh, concept of what being Mexican was. Because to me, I just was. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, but when we moved, and because I picked up the language so quickly, I was kind of instantly exposed to the culture and what was going on. And some of my very early memories of being in awareness of what was going on was like the um, Bill Clinton being elected president, mm -hmm. Hillary being so present. And, you know, her whole famous speech of, you know, I'm not that little yes. <laughs> woman. <laughs> yes. That was one of those moments where I recognized that I was exactly where I needed to be. Oh. And it was very interesting thinking of that moment in my current version, because I really had very little concept at the time of the machismo culture within being Mexican, mm -hmm. of the restrictions that were placed upon the culture, of um, really everything that um, we're working hard to heal right now mm -hmm. from the culture, 
I had very little exposure to that within my family. But when I heard her talk, I understood the significance, even if I didn't mm. comprehend it. So I knew that I was where I needed to be. And I knew that my journey was going to take me in a different path. I knew it. I knew it. Wow. It <laughs> yes. Born that way. Yeah. It's your but hard I, feel wire. Like, I feel like we've all had that moment where we're aware that something is going to change, that something is different. Like even in our little bodies as kids, whatever that experience was, we've had that awareness within us. And I think I've carried that throughout up until where I came into my healing journey and I became even more aware of what that was. So for me, that was a pivotal moment. And it did take me through a lot of years where I really was not in touch with my Mexican culture, where I completely immersed myself in the American culture. And even in my environment was very, I don't think it was by design, but I happened to find myself in very white spaces. Mm. And that definitely affected my experience. And so when I was in my early 20s, I think that's when I saw that begin to shift. And I began to pivot back into, wait, let me find out what my own culture is. (laughs) Let me come back to this because I feel like there is something missing Mm -hmm. without, without that part in it. And I think I went through many experiences and many relationships that in the heart of it, I was looking for that connection. I was looking for that piece of the culture, that sense of familiarity, that sense Mm -hmm. of family, sense of belonging Mm -hmm. that I simply wasn't getting in my career, in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your friend groups, your your daily Um, life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I went in search of that. And so to me, this whole coming together of up until where I found my dream job was that journey of finding and piecing together the areas of my culture that I wanted to bring with me because I knew not everything could come. I yeah. think that I reached this deeper level of understanding especially when I began to connect with my ancestors. Because for me, like for many of us, it's a very Mm -hmm. complicated um, ancestry where I had to understand and really reconcile with being part colonizer, part colonized. Right. And not getting stuck in either of those mentalities not being stuck in the victimization or the feeling of being victimized was something that took quite a bit of time for me to really grapple with consciously. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in my spirit, my spirit understood why it had to be that way. And I think that that's, I mean, that's a very deep <laughs> conversation yeah. to the side. Yeah. But that was a beautiful gift that I was given when I was able to meet both of them without judgment Mm. um, and really step and embody the healing of both. And that's why I feel so passionate about the ancestral healing because really the potential and the infinite wisdom and the love above all, like the love that you are able to feel is so exponential. And I think that this type of work really speaks to us first gents because we understand on a first person level what it means to break those codes. And so when you go back and you help these ancestors that were asked to break codes as well, it's like you're healing them through a piece of you that you understand like no one else has the ability to understand. That is so on point. Yeah. I love that. That is so on point. It is a valuable birth order, birthright. It is a very valuable one because your parents don't understand what you go through. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to experience it. 
They yeah. weren't disconnected from their culture. In fact, they pined for their culture. Yeah. And I think in their minds lived in it. And then your children have no idea what it's like. Mm. Because, well, for me personally, you give them the beauty of the culture. Yes. And parent them where they're at. Yeah. And I think as a first gen, I wanted to ask you, Within your home, was the culture your Mexican culture? Did you live it inside the home? And then outside the home, it was the American culture? It wasn't. It really wasn't. Because something is very interesting. And I didn't come to recognize that until I did my inner work. Mm. So when we come here, you know, and we think of ourselves as first gens, we, I... I like the term uh, code breaker. Yes. That's what came to me in my dream. And we think of ourselves as pattern breakers because we are pioneering our families into this world. But in my family, and I'm willing to bet that if we all take a deeper look, the first code breakers were our parents mm -hmm. because they broke away. Mm -hmm. They picked up and moved. And so when I look deeper into my own family... My dad, to me, mm -hmm. has never presented himself to be this machista version of the male Mexican man. Right. He's very strong and he's very smart and he's probably the smartest person I know intellectually. And I do believe that there's um, that he has an aspect of being empathic and being an empath himself because he understands people inherently. Mm -hmm. He's so good at what he does because of that. Mm. So I understood that for him in his family, he was the cycle breaker. Mm. And in my mom's side, in a very similar way, she broke away many patterns because in her lineage, there is this pattern of single parenthood, mm -hmm. either by being widowed or because the person that they partnered with was not present. Mm -hmm. And with her, she broke this pattern kind of unintentionally, but very intentionally, because she chose to stay regardless. You know, she, mm -hmm. she plowed through that, but she did it in a way that was unapologetic mm -hmm. in the way that her previous generations for her had been. Uh. And so what that meant in the dynamic of my family when we moved here, they were very open. And because I was the one that was translating and I essentially became the parent to my parents, yes. they were very open to whatever we wanted as kids to introduce to the house. So... Because I was very Americanized and open to the American culture, that's what came in. So within like the first two years of us moving here, we were celebrating Thanksgiving and going to Fourth of July parades and doing wow. all these things that are quote unquote American culture. Did you feel something was missing even though you were living the American lifestyle? But did you feel that disconnect, that something was missing or that something about you didn't quite jive with what you were doing so well already? Not in the beginning. Mm. I think the, the first few years were really easy for me because it was just, no, I need to absorb as much of this as I can. Yeah. And I think I really was caught up in the absorption process and the immersing myself into it and receiving as much as I could. And it wasn't until, again, that moment of pause mm -hmm. that I was like, wait a minute. I recognize that I'm doing all these things. But is this me? Uh huh. And that's when my first awareness of, wait a minute, there's a piece missing that I need to go back and and take a look at, and that was my culture that mm -hmm. I needed to go back and really make my peace with it and bring together with me. Do you come from a lineage of healers? I do. I do, but not all of them worked in high vibration energies. Mm. So I had to come with my own 
I had to release my judgment because when I first started to connect and I first started really to really intentionally try to connect when I had my child because I wanted the culture to be part of their experience. I didn't want them to feel left out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I had to reconnect in order for them to connect in the first place. Yeah. Because I was their connection. So I understood that I couldn't provide something I didn't have. I had mm. to go get it. And when I first started to connect, I was coming across all of these really low vibration stories. Mm. Uh, versions of curanderismo and people that weren't as ethical. And as soon as I started to hear this, I, I tuned all of that out. I couldn't meet them where they were in that moment. And then fast forward a few years when I really stepped into my healing and I really accepted that this is what I wanted to do going forward was to partner with other people on their journey. That's when I started to be able to meet the stories of my ancestors. And that's how I came into ancestral healing, by healing those that had wounded, those that were wounded because of those that wronged them in the first place and sometimes even between family itself mm -hmm. and that was that was heavy God. and that was painful and um and i'll never forget like one of the first things that i came across was there was a woman that used to or I believe still does, but that does paintings. Um, she's a psychic. And so she paints the visions of what she sees around you. And one of the first paintings that she did for me showed very much a Mexican setting and there was blood on the road. And I remember seeing the blood in the painting and knowing that I needed to go and clean that up. Oh, and that was like my first connection to the ancestral healing. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of work that ensued after that. But then the validation and the love. And I emphasize the love because it's what I see as the tangible representation of that healing that is surfacing within my family. Because when you do ancestral healing, you're, you're not just healing you. You're healing your family, your lineage, you yeah. know, backwards and forward and everyone yeah. in between. And so when I see that my parents are acting differently, that they're moving past traumas that I thought were never <laughs> going to leave them. Uh -huh. you know, when I see my siblings acting differently, when I see like my aunts or, you know, the older generations that are being opened to this whole new concept of living their lives, mm -hmm. it's life-changing. Wow. It's absolutely life-changing. And so I really want to encourage anyone that feels the stir within them to do ancestral healing and to do their own healing to follow through to follow that nudge because it really is your spirit trying to tell you like hey you can do this you can do this and if you can just take that pause mm -hmm. let the overwhelm go mm -hmm. and take that step of faith in yourself and in your lineage and in your ancestors that they're going to come in and hold you because they do whenever we do ancestral healing it's not just the ancestors that are asking to be healed it's the ancestors that have the strength to hold you that come in because you're never going to go into it alone oh god that is a huge blessing yeah a huge blessing and with such kind encouragement from you mm. the whole time you're speaking with that i feel this shift of get off your human <laughs> and go deeper because the human wants to just throw down her fist and say no but you know almost this righteousness that has to occur first when you know and you feel in that moment you just speaking and sitting in that pause how easily you could go and forgive and embrace and bring joy. 
So just to clarify for mm-hmm. myself, and I'm hoping for the listeners, mm-hmm. that is spirit is ourselves in and of ourselves. And is it the experiences that we have gone through, positive or negative, happy, sad, traumatic? Is that the energy that you're speaking of? Is that what we're moving in and out of ourselves to heal, to mend? So the emotions are just the surface level that those are think of them as the effect to the cause. Whatever emotions we allow to flow through us, those are the the energetic response to the experience. But it's when we start holding on to any emotion and I don't like to think of them as positive or negative. In my experience, I believe they are high vibration energy and low vibration energy. And it's not that one is good or bad. It's just energy. And in my experience, again, it's if you believe in God or a particular deity, this this deity, this higher self, this higher power uses the high and the low to teach us the lessons that to learn right mm-hmm. and so when we start to hold on to maybe the low vibration energy that's when we get into what are these traumatic experiences so we go through a traumatic event or something that our body considers traumatic for ourselves and we hold on to this low vibration energy and that can show up as physical pain if you don't um, take care of the release process that comes from that experience. Oh, wow. That gives a lot of clarity for me. I understand that. And is there reason? Is it part of our humanity? Why do we hold on to those low energy, low vibration (laughs) energies? We hold on to it because we're still in the process of learning. We're still in the process of learning what the lesson behind the event was. Oh, okay. This is getting that complexity that I wanted to understand yes. better <laughs> because there's all these different mm-hmm. elements to this that yeah. I feel we tend to oversimplify then. I do for myself feel like I get trapped in just the emotion and I think I can push it aside mentally and, you know, we have even in the society framed it as, oh, that's emotional intelligence when you can just push it to the side. And I'm feeling like, is it though? (laughs) Well, whenever we're internalizing something, especially as women in this society, when we're told, oh, don't take that personal, (laughs) but we have no option but to take it personal. And this applies to anybody in any situation, regardless of what you are told to do or not to do. If you feel it personally, it is personal. And the first awareness that our body is asking us to come into is that, yes, it is personal to me. That is, in fact, like the first layer of this um, lesson, if you want to call it a lesson. And then you want to look at what is really happening within you with these emotions. What are the emotions that are rising to the surface in this moment? Because those are the clues that your spirit is giving you to process what is in the deeper levels of this for you. What are the underlying traumas? What are the underlying beliefs that are really prompting you to take this personal? Or what is trying to show you? Because oftentimes, when we come into a situation and something is very personal, it's because it is either something from our childhood or something that goes a little bit farther than that. And because we're not tapping into it, we forget that we have the ability to move through it versus pushing it aside. Pushing it aside is just like the easy part. My understanding is that I say you bury it. It's still mm-hmm. there. It's not it hasn't been healed, um, but you have buried it and tried to move on away from it. But it's always going to want your attention back because, as you say, it's yeah, it's actually things are building on it. Well, it's interesting that you said that, that you use the terminology that you bury it when you bury something. 
and you either water it or don't water it, there's something festering on there. There's something growing roots that will potentially and eventually reach the surface. Mm. And what will bloom from those buried emotions is essentially what shows up physically for you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm gonna sit in that a moment. Yeah. I love that analogy. And so when people in the spiritual community refer to healing, it's a very common thread to say, you know, healing comes in layers. But then the deeper layer of those layers, the underlying layers is, you only get to those when you begin to grow and expand. Because there's this concept that you will never be given anything other than what you can handle, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Well you are not expected to handle the deeper levels until you yourself are strong enough to handle those deeper levels. Oh, that always, doesn't always feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I get into scenarios that definitely test me and definitely I felt a very strong reaction towards mm -hmm. and literally saying like, why? Why, why is this happening? Why am I going through this? Yeah. Well, oftentimes that moment of, oh, I don't know about this. That's mm -hmm. the moment of overwhelm. That's the initial reaction that is very common for all of us to go into. In those moments, what's important to remember is that you have agency to call in that pause to call in that breath into yourself and say, oh, I really don't know if I can do this. And then you can decide, well, maybe I can try this or I can try that or I can try to piece, you know, piecemeal mm. this for myself. But it's not af until after you take that pause of acknowledgement to your system that, hey, this is a new level that we're stepping into. It makes it a lot harder for you to go into those spaces and navigate it because then you're approaching them from a place of disadvantage where you're feeling like the victim or that you mm. victimized versus I am acknowledging that this probably isn't fair, but do I have it within me to move through this? Oh my goodness. So it's this process. This is a process that I feel, as we were talking about it on so many different <laughs> levels, mm -hmm. but as we were talking about this, I was thinking two things. One, the overwhelm feel, mm -hmm. because on this podcast, almost all of the women are first-gen mm -hmm. Latinas. Yeah. And I think that for listening to them and our own experience, being in that role mm -hmm. has always felt overwhelming yeah. I mean, from a very young person forward. And then being displaced from a culture that naturally is in us, like yeah. this conversation right now. Yeah. So you're overwhelmed and you're disconnected. You're overwhelmed with your role here. A lot of the women are their parents' mm -hmm. guide and translator and yeah. talk about the first daughter. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It just, yeah. or the only daughter in my case, it's like, oh, overwhelming goes <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> yes. So if we just stay with that young person, mm -hmm. that young person is the one who's holding all of it, a lot of it. Yeah. And so in going back, back in peeling back layers are we peeling back to that little girl that little girl who didn't realize this wasn't mm -hmm. her role this wasn't her job and is carrying it with her to this to this day absolutely and wondering why she's maybe like why am i overburdened now yeah absolutely we absolutely are walking our way back into those little girls and 
as the first gen, as the first daughter, the oldest in the family, all of those things. <laughs> this has been my journey. And so I can speak from experience when I say that all those bypassed emotions, when it comes time to us to do the healing behind them, those are the first thing that we are asked to look at is to look at all of the emotions that we bypassed in order to serve these roles that we were asked to step into. And I really think it's important to speak to our ability to not victimize ourselves because of that. Because yes, there is acknowledgement that we, in bypassing those emotions and really not placing ourselves first, we did a lot of damage. But there's also power in acknowledging that we have the ability to move past that, to heal from that, and to grow from that. And I think that the, I don't hear that being talked about often enough. The empowerment that comes from being on the other side of that. Because yes, I, I did go through the pain. I did go through the really self-retaliation on myself, where I was really hard on me for feeling things that I knew I was better than, that I knew shouldn't matter, that I knew that I should box away because, like you said, emotional intelligence. You have to appear cool, calm, and collected. But then when you start to look at the work, when you start to do the deep dives and you understand that emotional intelligence doesn't necessarily mean you box it away, it means that you're able to process in a safe way for you in order to present yourself authentically. Oh, that's beautiful. Right. Because I think oftentimes emotional intelligence is held over our heads as like a bar that we have to reach when really it just means that we have agency over our emotions and there is no judgment with emotions. They just are. Is it up to us to find out where the start of those lessons was? Because I would think some of them we don't even remember. You're always going to remember the ones that are coming up for you. Mm. So when you have these experiences, you're going to continue to peel back what those experiences are here to show you and to guide you with. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're always going to be in awareness of them whenever you need them. It's, ah. it's part of that self-reliancy of our spirit that we're always going to have what we need. And that expands to the experiences. Mm. I could see where that gets blocked. You get blocked from your spirit. You get blocked from feeling. Yeah. You numb yourself. Yeah. You're like much more in your head than in your soul. And, and you get blocked from feeling what you should be doing, how you should mm -hmm. be moving in your day. Is there a way for people to recognize that they have something blocking that? Yes. And again, going back to the individualized, I want to preface what I say by saying these are just examples because yeah. we all go sure. through differently. Definitely. Mm -hmm. The most common examples are your body. Your body, if there is an illness, if there is a rash, if there is an anomaly in your body, that is your first clue that there is a blockage somewhere. Because your body is your vessel in this life. It is meant to take you, to allow you to travel, to allow you to move. When there is something stopping or prohibiting your free movement, the free usage of your body, it speaks to a blockage. So your body, your skin, the, um, anything that has to do physically is a cue. Emotionally, when you go into depression, when you go into anxiety, we often think of anxiety as a common byproduct of life. It's really not. It's an emotional blockage. And it's oftentimes, the way that I see it presented more often is when we cover up our emotions. Mm -hmm. When we try to bypass our emotions, we start to develop anxious um, traits 
because it's not that we are anxious by nature. There is something that is causing this anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so those are cues, physical mm. and emotional cues. And then also, if you question your ability to connect with yourself, that in and of itself is your biggest cue. Because you always have you. You always have you. But then, as you say, if you've gotten yourself to a point where you're disconnected from yourself, how do we become aware that we're disconnected? Mm. When you are unable to pinpoint your intuition, mm. your gut feeling, yeah, that's when there's a disconnect. Because your intuition is essentially the next version of you calling you in. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so when you're unable to connect with that, when you're unable to pinpoint that in your body, in your spirit, mm -hmm. that's the biggest um, red flag that you can call attention to yourself. I love that part. Yeah. Because I feel that um, for whatever reason, maybe past experiences, maybe that disconnect from self, mm -hmm that blockage, I call it the soul, mm -hmm. then your uh, human tendency is to rely on your brain. Yeah. And your brain is, to me, all your fear is because it's yeah. not natural. It's learned. Yes. And with that disconnect and reliance on the brain, then the anxiety rises yeah. because you're, you're never going to be sure if you know what to do from an intellectual point of view yeah. versus you always know what to do if yeah. you're living your soul out loud, exactly. living by your soul. It's telling you what you should do. Exactly. The, the, the reason why you're never going to know intellectually if it's the right thing, it's because there's so many options. Intellectually, there is always going to be option A, B, C, and D all the way down to the infinite. Yeah. <laughs> Simple, right? Yeah. There's infinite options, but there's only one right option for you. Right. And you are right. the only one, only one that gets to say what that option is. So your ability to connect with yourself and the inherent intuition that is guiding you that's what you want to always step into. That's what you want to connect. Because it doesn't matter if you make the quote-unquote wrong choice. It's still the choice that your spirit needed you to go through. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, you can never go wrong. And where does a person find the strength to believe in themselves, to believe in what they're mm -hmm. feeling so that they can turn a deaf ear to what people are saying about them or what they're suggesting. It comes from nurturing that connection within you mm. because it is a relationship. And I know that we hear like these topical memes that on surface level are very just topical. Like, yes, the, the most important relationship that you will ever have is the one to yourself. You know, we hear that and we receive it and we sense the importance of it. But Underneath all of that is this sense that, wait a minute, if it's a relationship, I have to nurture it. I have to take time. I have to pause. And I have to feel this connection within me. And I've found that the more that you connect with yourself, the harder it is to listen to anyone else. Mm. It's very difficult for you to stand against yourself. With the first gen, with getting disconnected from the culture, we lose that knowledge. We lose that, mm. all that ancient mm. knowledge. And by connecting back to the culture, connecting the spirit back to where you come from, I feel like it's not necessarily lost. It just didn't have a pathway out. Yeah. I often refer to it as um, dormant knowledge. Oh, I like that. Yes, mm -hmm. because 
we can't lose something that is genetically ingrained within us. Mm. And the wisdom and the connection and the culture that you're talking about is you living and breathing and walking in this earth. Mm -hmm. You carry that with you. And that's kind of what I was talking about when I was talking about the ancestral wisdom. Mm -hmm. It lives within you. And what you are looking for is the activation of that wisdom. And that's something I do in practice a lot. And the reason why oftentimes when I talk, a lot of people feel very comfortable in my space and with the words that I say, it's mm -hmm. because they are intended to activate the wisdom within you. I am not saying anything that is new in this, you know, in this sphere, but the way that I am communicating the energy behind it, it is intended to activate a knowledge and a wisdom that is already within you. And that's why you feel the confidence and the love within yourself when you hear me speak is because I'm activating something within you. This is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So speaking of practice, mm -hmm. your practice. Yes. Are you open to receiving people? How can they reach out to you? Yes, of course. I, um, I do have a couple of slots for ancestral healing for those of you that are being called to do it. Um, and the way that those work is you reach out either through Instagram or my website or just email. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at Karina Yo Soy, Karina with a C, or my website, it's Yo Soy Karina. And I feel like I have to explain the concept of the Yo Soy. Yo okay. Soy means I am. Mm -hmm. And when I ventured into this area as a business, I felt that it was important that I communicate, that I am bringing you into the awareness of your inner yo soy. So whatever it is that we are partnering with, it is with the understanding that you are in connection with your inner yo soy. And because yes. language matters and Spanish is my first language, I have to say that in Spanish. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful and powerful. Just to remember. Yeah. Remember that you are your own entity. You yeah. Are, yeah. Yeah. And so with that empowerment, when I partner with those that are walking into their ancestral healing journey, we typically meet, we have a connection call where we discover if our partnering together is something that is in alignment with mm -hmm. you at that time. And then we, from there, we create a plan for the journey, a timeline, and the energy exchange for it. And so all of that is upfront and decided within that first session. Mm -hmm. And then you decide if you move forward with that or not. Mm -hmm. um, and so for the ancestral healing journeys, I do have very limited spots for them, but I do have openings. I also have an offering uh, that I'm launching for those of you that are looking to heal your ancestral money wounds. So if you want to get on the wait list for that, just reach out and I'll let you know when more information is available for that. But that is something that I also want to communicate because one of the pain points for us first gens are the money wounds. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, the reason why we can't make the connection with the money is because the wounds are ancestral in nature. There's so much work to be done. <laughs> I feel like there's so much work to be done. It's such a blessing that mm -hmm. you and other healers are, I feel, more available than I've ever known in my past and were necessary so long ago. Um, so people can go to your website, yosoykarina.com, yes. Karina with a C, and be able to get a little more understanding for themselves and reach out. You have information there to reach out um, or through Instagram, a direct yeah. message. Yeah. 
put on your Instagram. I like sitting in the reels. Just for me, those are a pause. Those mm -hmm. have helped me redirect that moment. Mm -hmm. They do, they do help me stop and take a moment and and mm -hmm. sit in it. Thank you so so very much for joining us and expressing freely your knowledge and your guidance and a lot of gratitude for the patience in explaining this process and already opening up in this moment to reconnect with ourselves. Thank you so very very much. Oh, Consuelo, thank you. Thank you for the space. Thank you for the sanctity of the space and for providing not just me, but all the women that step foot figuratively and <laughs> in real life into your space for providing this platform and for giving that voice to your inner little girl that has been yearning for this moment for so long. In you fulfilling your dream, you're also fulfilling the dreams of so many others. And I honor and cherish the space and the opportunity to share space with you and with your listeners. Thank you. Beautiful. Mm. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Life just got so much easier. Yeah. Spontaneously easier. You gave yourself permission. Well, amigas, let's just sit in what we experience together and hold space for each other in grace, forgiveness, and compassion. Give yourself permission to let go of that which burdens you and is holding you back from the life you are meant to live. In the sanctity of this moment, I will forego any of the calls to action and any reminders and just encourage you to join us next week for Karina's Pod Club episode to dive into these deeper levels of understanding and healing that she shared with us today. This is all joy, all love, and give pause to nurture that relationship with yourself, connect to your intuition, because she is bringing your next version forward. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time we take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at LifeLinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!